0: Because I want you to have a profitable private practice. My book, Profit First for Therapists, is finally available for pre sale. I am so excited about this book. I've poured my heart and soul into it, and I've shared every tip and trick that I've got on how to implement Profit First in private practice. I've taken the tried and true Profit First system and really, really customized it to the industry. In this book though, I'm not just giving you Profit First, I also included things like scaling your practice, team compensation, paying down debt. So there's a whole lot of other things that are that are helpful for starting or growing a practice and really all around financial literacy for practice owners. I also have a lot of fun bonuses available for you if you pre-order before May 2nd. If you go to ProfitFirstForTherapists.com, you'll get all the details. There's a link to pre-order the book now and you'll also be able to redeem your bonuses. There are things like early access to all of our tools and templates that are in the book. And if you buy three books or more, there are additional bonuses available to you as well. You'll also be entered into a raffle where you can win a Profit First Strategy Session with me, Julie Harris. You can find the book at most online retailers like Amazon and Barnes and Noble as well. Hello everyone, welcome to Therapy for Your Money. Today we're going through the ABCs of accounting. And actually I'm gonna give you A through G. Uh, I'm going to present you just some accounting terms that are useful for you to know as a business owner and a practice owner. So let's get started. A is for asset. An asset is any resource that's owned or controlled by the business. So an asset can be cash, most importantly, it can be accounts receivable, or things like leasehold improvements, furnitures and fixtures, or even a building. This is something that the business owns and it's available to the business as a resource. So if you were thinking of an asset on the on the personal side, that might be your uh, home, your retirement accounts, your bank account, rate, right? All of those would be considered to be your personal assets. All right, B is for burn rate. Burn rate measures the outgoing cash flow Uh, in your practice based on the money that you typically spend each month. So for example, if you spend on average $15,000 in expenses per month, that means your average burn rate is 15,000. That is typically what you need to keep the business running. C is for cash accounting. So typically most private practices we see use the cash method of accounting, uh, in part because it is the simplest to use which means it's also going to be less expensive to maintain. Uh, so typically, businesses are required to use the other method of accounting, which is the accrual method. Once they reach $25 million per year in sales for the last three years so your if when your average for the last three years has been 25 million or more so you can see most private practices fall well under that uh, threshold so cash accounting is available to you it's a lot less expensive to maintain and so when you're using the cash method of accounting that means that you're going to account for income and expenses when they hit your bank account versus when they when the income is earned for example or when the expense is accrued So let's look at an example. If you are seeing a client uh, in January, in theory, you have earned that income, right? You've done the work, you've seen the client. But if you're billing to insurance, you may not see that deposit hit your bank account until February. So under the accrual method of accounting, you would account for that income in January. But under the cash method, you would account the income in February when you actually receive it, when the cash hits your bank account. So you can see how that's a lot simpler. You're not having to accrue things in advance and figure out what period something fits in. All that matters is the date that it hits your bank account. D is for double entry bookkeeping. Uh, So this is when each transaction has both a debit and a credit. Uh, And I know that if you're thinking of your debit card or credit card, that those terms can be a little bit confusing. But when it comes to accounting, debit and credit actually is left and right, right? The the debit is always on the left, the credit is always on the right. In double entry accounting, each transaction has two sides. There are two things that happen for every single transaction. If you are using an online tool like QuickBooks Online, Wave, FreshBooks, that's happening automatically behind the scenes. Um, If you are just using a spreadsheet, you're not seeing that happen. So let me give you an example of what the two sides might be let's say you're spending $100 in advertising. In that case, the debit would be $100 to the advertising expense line item, and then $100 to cash. Because when you're spending $100 in advertising, your cash is being reduced by $100, right? So to every action, there's a reaction. The same would apply for income. If you have income coming in, would be a debit to cash and a credit to service income so you can see the the debit is always the first one on the left and the credit is always the one on the right e is for expenses these are the items that you need to run your business so as you may know any expense that is ordinary and necessary that's what the IRS considers to be deductible for a business owner. So you have all the income coming into the business and then you're going to be able to deduct all the expenses that are ordinary and necessary. So that's going to include things like payroll, office supplies, your software costs, your rent and utilities, right? Those are the kinds of things that you're going to be able to deduct. F is for fiscal year. That is the timeline for your either budget or tax return. So most private practices are on a calendar year, fiscal year, and that means that you're uh, paying your taxes from January through December, right? That is aligned with what you do on, on your personal tax return as well. So for most people, that makes sense. There are sometimes good reasons to use a fiscal year, and that's a year that just does not line up with the calendar. For example, nonprofits will often use a fiscal year of July 1st to June 30th. The federal government uses a fiscal year from October 1st to September 30th. And that just means that they're not closing the year um, at the very, very end of the year, right? So they're uh, doing all of their year-end budgeting uh, for the federal government. They're working on that in August and September because the year is almost ending. And they're um, they're starting the next year on October 1st, right? So for them, it might make sense to have... A fiscal year that is not necessarily a calendar year just based on everything else that's going on at the same time. Last but not least, G is for general ledger. This is a report that your accountant is often going to ask for at year end. Every single transaction in your accounting software is accounted for in this report in this uh, report, and that's going to allow them to verify what has happened, see where all the tran- see where all the transactions are coded. Uh, what categories those are coded to, it will help them for tax preparation, for any audit you might have. Um, this is a great reason to use QuickBooks or some kind of accounting software. It's going to make running reports, getting your accountant at the information they need for tax prep, just so much easier. And it's really much easier to not actually miss anything. Uh, when you're using QuickBooks Online, hopefully you're reconciling your books at the end of each month or at the very least a couple of times a year. And that's a process through which you compare the balance of the bank account or or of your bank statement with what actually happened in QuickBooks. And so that's going to allow you to catch anything that may have been missed. Um, And that is a great benefit. It usually helps your pay for your QuickBooks account, uh, just in the sense that you're not missing anything. All right, that's all for today. I hope this episode was informative and that you learned something new about accounting. Take care, everyone. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com/accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a 5-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews and give us a quick shout-out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.